Hello everyone, my name is Gareth Rafferty and welcome back to the second chapter of Building from the Bottom. Today we have a very good friend of mine that, that I met on LinkedIn. He's been an entrepreneur for many, many years and he's also recently released a book and is soon to release a podcast. This guy's name is Luke Williams. Luke, I'm going to give you one minute and you need to basically tell us your whole journey within that one minute. Go whenever you're ready. No pressure. Okay. So I started, as you said, I've been an entrepreneur for many years. I started selling lemonade and mowing lawns when I was eight years old. Uh, by the time I was 19, I had my first LLC. Um, and I've, I've had a record label that I founded, a nonprofit organization that I founded. A, I uh, owned and operated a boutique wine and liquor store. Um, so I've, I've been through a lot, but I think the way I summarize it to most people is that I am an author, so I write books, I call babies ugly, and I help entrepreneurs make money. So I, I decided a long time ago, well, not a long time, but maybe five years ago, that uh, being an entrepreneur is is awesome, but where I find the most value and can provide the most value is helping other entrepreneurs. I call babies ugly, meaning that I'm the guy who will help you get things done and I'm not afraid to tell you that you have a bad idea if you have a bad idea. So I'm open and honest, and that's how I believe that people should communicate. And uh, I call myself a writer now that I've written a book. I think that's about a minute, right? Yeah, pretty much dot on to the second. Okay, cool. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, as everyone would have just heard, Luke has done a variety of things in his day. He's been working in wine and he's also started an agency and done lots of lots and lots of different things in regards to entrepreneurship so luke how how would you say it all began for you like did you just wake up one morning and decide you were an entrepreneur or how did it all begin so i knew at a pretty early age and i would say around seven or eight years old that uh, I, I thought about things differently. Um, I had a different desire to have new ideas and to be in front of people and to sell things. And in, in those days, I was living, um, you know, with my parents, obviously, but um, my my dad was in law school at the University of Iowa. So I was selling Kool-Aid and popcorn and lemonade at, uh, at the university housing where we lived. And, you know, other kids were out playing with action figures and doing their thing on the, on the playgrounds. And, and I was the one who was trying to make a few dollars. Uh, and then after that, you know, I, I certainly played sports growing up, but I was always trying to figure out what the next thing was that I could do and not necessarily to make it rich, but just in, in a way that I could um, do something a little bit different and challenging. And I found that to be really interesting and, and, and fascinating if I had an idea and people would pay me for that idea or to do that thing. So, um, fortunately for me, my, my parents were very supportive. I launched my first LLC when I was, um, 19. So I, I knew at an early age that I was thinking differently than most people. I didn't know that it was an entrepreneurial mindset until I was probably 18 or 19 when I, when I knew that, all right, I, I'm going to work, for myself. Um, and I, I want to do things on my own terms. Yeah. I mean, 
did you think that, well, do you feel that having your parents support you, do, do you think that impacted your journey or do you think you would have done it anyways? I think that made the journey easier. I'm sure I would have arrived at a similar place without their support, um, but it just made it easier. There, was, there wasn't resistance. There wasn't um, anything at home holding me back from doing things that I wanted to do. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't forced into certain schools or I wasn't, you know, um, forced to do things that, that weren't in line with, with what I enjoy doing. So because of that support, and then later I found similar support with, with my wife, um, you know, without that support, I probably would have, would have gotten there anyway, but, um, it made it a, a whole lot easier and probably, uh, less, less of a, less of a challenge and less of a conflict. So, um, yeah, absolutely. It, it helped. Yeah. I mean, there's one thing that I realize at the moment, being a university student and trying to start a business and being at university and studying, um, lecturers and other classmates look at you funny because you're not going out drinking every weekend and you don't attend parties <laughs> and all of the rest of it. Did you ever experience anything similar to this when you were just starting that first LLC? So I did. Yeah. So my, my weekends were spent working, um, for the most part on yep. my own, uh, agency at the time. And the, the other thing that I, that I recognized, you know, in, in those days it, it was before there were podcasts and before you could, uh, you know, vlog and blog, believe it or not, there, there wasn't really much of an internet in those days. So it was a, a little bit of a different world for entrepreneurs. But yeah. when I had conversations, when I had conversations with people, um, it was just people would think, oh, wow, you're, you're crazy. That'll never, that'll never, that'll never happen. You'll never do that. And I, then my chat, my, my, my drive was then to prove people wrong. Yeah. So, you know, if I, if I had, <laughs> it was, it was interesting because I would just have ideas and whether it was at the bar or, you know, in, in, in the dorm or between classes and I would say, Hey, I think I'm going to do this thing. And people would look at me funny or laugh or say, ah, there's no way you're going to do that. And I would proceed to do it anyway, mostly just because I wanted to prove to people that I could. Yeah. I I've definitely been on that road of proving people wrong. The first time that happened to me was when my foster carers told me you shouldn't be getting a part-time job because you've got your exams coming up and these mean everything. And this was when I was in high school. I think I was about 15, 16 and it was just on the verge of me leaving school. And I had these so-called really important exams coming up. And I remember being really, really nervous because mm. on the news I saw statistics that I felt like they were targeted at me, like everywhere I walked, they were there kind of thing. <laughs> and yeah. statistics about um, how big these exams are and also the fact that if, well, the way I saw it in my head was that the because of the fact that I was in foster care, it added that pressure because mm. statistics were basically on about the amount of people that have been in foster care and the relationship between the amount of people in jail. And so I automatically mm. put the two together and thought, 
okay, so if I if I fail this exam, I'm going to jail. And <laughs> there was yeah. no budge for that. That was it. And right. I do well on my exams. And I, I did put the work in, but I, I've realized recently that exams, one, they're not too relevant when it comes to industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know anybody that's done an exam in industry. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think that's, I definitely relate with that. Yeah. So when, when you were that age, what, mm-hmm. what would you say was your biggest challenge being that 19 year old who got looked at differently walking down the street? I think the, the biggest challenge was uh, having confidence. You know, I, I, I certainly had a competitive angle to, to confidence and that came from playing sports, I think, and, and having siblings, but you know, so I was certainly competitive, but having confidence to be able to go do whatever that thing is that I wanted to do. Also, it was, it was a different time then than it is now where it was much more difficult to crowdsource ideas and to bring people in that could help and offer different perspective and ideas. So finding a mentor was very difficult, especially being in school, because really the only mentors that were available were professors and teachers um, or parents. And so finding a mentor was, was nearly impossible. And, And there are other people who probably found ways around that. But for me, that was very difficult. It was, it was difficult to have confidence because I didn't have people that were, uh, other than my parents who offered this sort of, uh, you know, support regardless of what I was doing, but a a real support from somebody who, uh, had experience and had the right perspective. So yeah, not, not having that kind of support or being able to, you know, crowdsource ideas or to be challenged or to have a group of people that, you know, that could, that could really help drive something forward. It really felt like I was on an island a lot of times that I'm this strange person who's thinking in this strange way. And I look around and everybody else is just enjoying their environments and they're drinking and they're doing whatever they're doing. And here I am on this island that wondering why nobody else wants to come on the island with me. Yeah. Did you ever question like the fact that you were starting a business and wonder whether you should be enjoying your life while you're young. Because I know that's something that people my age, especially at university, um, they experience because they see everyone having a good time and they wonder, shouldn't I be enjoying my life? Mm -hmm. So I remember one, one particular example. So I was at a, uh, a bar and there was a, a live band playing and the, and the band was pretty good. And, you know, everybody around is having fun and, 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 and drinking. And I was certainly having fun and, and, and drinking. Um, and what was going through my mind wasn't, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Let's have a good time and let's, you know, whatever. My, my mindset was, wow, that band is pretty good. I could probably help that band get even better. I could probably find a way to help that band make money. I could probably make money if I did that. There are probably other bands area that could use that kind of help. So I could probably start a business with that band. And shortly after I had started the record label. So I I was still trying to enjoy fun, but the way that I was approaching my fun and my experience through my early twenties was much different than, 
than what the people around me were experiencing. Yeah, I'm just starting to get that mindset where everyone around me is having fun, but I'm also having fun, but in a in a different way. And especially mm-hmm. to, yeah. as long as I see a smile on my face, they don't mind how I'm having fun. Um, which <laughs> right. I think that's really important to have a lot of, well, even if you have like two people around you that are yeah. full and really supportive, I think that's really important, especially starting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think back if, you know, if the tools existed today, like, uh, you know, LinkedIn and, um, you know, even, even other social media platforms and these types of events that are happening now with, you know, LinkedIn local and socialpreneur and meetup groups and all these things that are happening. Um, so there's this, this time for a, quite a while, maybe 2005 or six to uh, just a couple of years ago where, you know, everybody was on social media and people kind of getting buried in social media. And now there's this trend that people are taking social media and leveraging that to have real conversations and real connections. None of that existed. So had that existed back in, in the, the, my early twenties, uh, I can only imagine how, uh, how different things would have been and how, how more, how, how I probably would have failed more quickly. I could have gained more support, had more mentors spread the, spread the message much more efficiently. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a tremendous opportunity for people who are, uh, who, who are entrepreneurs or who aren't sure if they're entrepreneurs, but want to try something right now, the barrier to entry is just nearly non-existent and there are so many people online who are willing to go offline and help support people you know especially on linkedin it's just a it's just a tremendous uh community at this point so yeah just a little bit of a tangent but it's just for the the folks that are listening that are are kind of new to the game right now is just such a tremendous time to jump in and and start something yeah, I actually watched a video by a business called Social Chain, one of the best social media marketing businesses. Mm. And they, I, th- I think it was like, I think it was this week, actually. They put out a video about building a brand. And it, it was about LinkedIn, actually. It said, the worst social media platform is the best to go on. And they were on about LinkedIn. And mm. I funny that they called it the worst because it's probably the worst in regards to statistics but i think the environment is a lot more family and linkedin is ridiculous when i first got on the platform growing and getting yourself out there is so easy it really is yeah and i also like in the video they also stated um, that it won't be this way forever because it used to happen on places like Facebook, but then mm-hmm. everyone went on the platform and it just got so segregated. I think that's the word. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a difference in, in LinkedIn's and more people that are sort of in my area. Call it Canada Arena. You know, have people in view. The tickets are free. Sometimes they're paying attention. Sometimes they're not. But I have I have access to go 
you know, virtually shaking anybody's hands and have a direct conversation if I'd like. So that's the way I look at it. But the larger that arena, uh, that arena is, and the more people that are there, um, the 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 lower the is of feed. They're much more informal uh, Facebook type stuff. The kittens and babies, all fine stuff, but not really content that I'm interested in. So there's there's this, and I don't know what number that happened. It was at around twenty thousand or what that happened, but the content really became diluted. Um, and and perhaps I need to be selecting with whom I'm connected. But and and I don't know if, if that's also in line with people behaving for being much more um, caring less of yeah uh, some likes you know because if they share a viral video an egg or a horse or whatever yeah to me is absolutely the wrong approach so i think that the people has changed the number of people in the in my arena changed how 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 to do more and more on twitter and more and more on Instagram, just to diversify where my message is going. Yeah, that's that's the good thing though. Now, the fact that we have so many different social networks is that it's easier mm-hmm. to build a brand, and it's a lot easier to get a business out there during those first few days and the first few months and years. Yeah, I think that you know I've I've also been hearing. A lot of people talk about selling linked social media. People have called it social selling for years, which is a term that kind of drives me nuts. But I've found that the the best way to engage prospects or to find new clients isn't to sell to them. It's really just to talk about what you do and to conversation to work those things actually happen that's whether you're online or whether you're at a networking event so when i networking events for example i was at one like and people everybody asks the same question so what do you do what do you do, what do, you do? i always i say well, i'm not going to ask you what you do so i i try to start the conversation with anybody i meet one-on-one at a networking so first of all i don't know no, you don't care what i do third of all the only way we're ever going to work together is if we get along. So I want you're interested in first. And that's how I start conversations because if I, if I can build a connection and have a relationship where we get along and we can appreciate each other, yeah. most people who go to these events, whether it's online or offline, they start with, oh, what do you do? And immediately they're is the wrong way to go about building a ship in general and certainly the wrong way about building a relationship with somebody who might be yeah that that's what my business is going to be based around is the idea about communication and building that relationship being the most important thing in that business whether it's internally with a person that's been in the business for one day or whether it's with a client that's been with us for five years 
it doesn't matter. Right. Communication should still be just like you've just met them on day one and you appreciate spending that, spending your time to speak to them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's good. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely really important. So mm-hmm. moving on with your life, um, mm-hmm. when you had... Well, actually, it might be better. Yeah. With that LLC, where, where did mm-hmm. it take you? Well, I hired for uh, a number of years until the... Um, and then I operated the record label for a while. I was at uh, uh, I guess we'll call under. We were at odds uh, the direction we wanted. Where I wine and liquor uh, boutique, so it's a kind of a thing model, um, and that's where my biggest failure came. But I, I think that and the record uh, having the confidence to start this brick and mortar, this high end boutique wine shop. All the things I did before that gave me the confidence to, to, and so that's me. It let it, it, it advanced me, but it also, it made me. That I, if that makes sense. Sorry, can you repeat that? I think the connection went a little bit. So. The my first pictures allowed me to so had first LLC or the record label not done anything and not gone and had not had any uh, value from that, I may have just stopped. But because those were. It led me to the opportunity that was actually the biggest failure that I've had. And so, which ended up being a really good thing, but at the time it was extremely painful. So that early success confidence so that I was able to uh, face a larger challenge. Yeah. So what, what inspired you to go from having a record store to going to having a wine shop? I mean, they're two completely different industries. Yeah. So the, the, the record level came as I saw an opportunity um, just to improve the, you know, the culture and the community to help fans and to, to do some, some things I was interested in. Uh, interesting. So, um, once I was at odds with one of the founders, I just decided that I'd had enough. I enjoyed spending and doing, maintaining wasn't exactly the same level of except for me. So I just sold. And then the next challenge that I saw was that area where I lived. There was not a place to go buy 
nice wine or to have a tasting or to relax, to talk to somebody who knew what they were talking about. And, uh, and have a, a nice variety. There's, there weren't places where I lived that existed in larger cities across the country that my community. So I, I saw that there was this opportunity something to the community and um it's something i was interested in and and i wanted to have a legitimate business and i wanted to have a brick and mortar and i wanted to um at least i thought and i wanted to build my brand and build my name and reputation in in the community as somebody who was involved in the, in the those are all things going through my mind and i thought the best opportunity to accomplish that was just to start my own uh, boot shop. And at the end of the day, what I found out was that everybody just wanted to drink and Bud Light. Like nobody cared that I had Cristal. Nobody cared that I had, you know, 150 different beers. Nobody cared that I had, you know, the, the, the only place within hundreds of miles to buy wine that were there's a bottle nobody cared about that nobody mm -hmm. cared that i had and beast tables and tastings every weekend people didn't care what to do was come in and get their yellow tail or their light or their cheap bottle of that's really all uh cared about so for them because my shop was was really nice it was it was decorated we had you know leather furniture things that stores didn't have most liquor stores in the u.s you just kind of walk really sterile and nothing but shelves of liquor wine and, and beer and you just go get what you want and you leave i wanted my store to be more of an experience for people who want to come learn about it sample and then but uh, the I, I didn't do market research built what i I want to have and build what the market wanted to have or what the market would support. So I failed. And I think that the I failed was that I didn't have mentors and people around me that were calling the baby ugly. I just did what I wanted to do. And the people that were my friends and family were all said, this is great. I love it. Yeah, that's uh, love it. Go do it. Go do it. Everybody was saying that I should, but I didn't mind people who, thought it was a bad idea. Had I found some people was about, I don't know that I've changed it, but I at least had other consider another day going into adventure. Perhaps I wouldn't have done it or I've done it in a different and more success. So that was a, other end of it was really, lesson I learned a lot and even though I don't have a time machine and can't go back and change it what I can do now is apply some of those lessons my mentor newer entrepreneurs or stations with newer entrepreneur things they were when they business so um yeah it wasn't I want to go have the or a record label I don't want to you know, go from record label to wine shop. It was just that there was this next opportunity and this next challenge was in front of me. And uh, I wanted to take advantage of that opportunity.
Yeah, I, I think that's that's something that I'd say you kind of learn as you're in it. The longer mm-hmm. you're in business, and especially entrepreneurship, the more you start to realize where either one businesses are missing out or you start to just like develop develop a vision of where mm. there's in the market and it's i think that definitely comes with experience because i've started spotting more things whereas before i was kind of immune to it mm-hmm. yeah i think it gives gives the the experience and just that mindset provides a different perspective and you do view things differently and you view things that other people look at as just uh, status quo challenges. You view them. If we just changed a few things, this could really be something successful or different or mean. That challenge and both it where entrepreneurs are more likely to challenge and try to figure out a way to overcome the challenge or business or whatever it is because they know on the other side of that challenge the worst thing that is going to happen is they're going to learn a lesson and i just think it yeah that comes with experience to have that perspective it also comes with you know the onset of of being innovative and things in a different way and thinking about things much differently than, than people who aren't as high entrepreneurial spectrum yeah so what what would you say is like in your whole time being an entrepreneur and doing lots of different things what would you say was your biggest failure but obviously you probably learned from it but the biggest mm-hmm. that you had in your whole journey Harder, but uh, you know, financial failure, or disappointment, or feeling embarrassed, and and those those kinds of emotions. Uh, that was looked back on, not with, but with with an appreciation for failure. That yeah, I I did that up, and I could have done better, and um, so that was the failure um you know that made me a little cop new ideas and new businesses from that point which i think is healthy to some degree because uh, in times well at least for me at newer i would run all kind of opportunities like the canine i thought was genius and would go back and learn that it's it's better for me to be more mom and steadfast about how I knew opportunities that was from that came uh, really my framework for success subsequently yeah so you mentioned mentors there and you've mentioned it a few a few times do you think mentors Mm -hmm. um, are quite key to getting a successful business I think mentors are the most 
important thing to have. And I would recommend that people see a, a variety of boards and build a personal board of directors around them and people that but honest, a pop place, people that are in different areas, people experience, people that have faith, people that have a desire to have you, and not necessarily a financial motivation, but just a, a, an alignment in you, and they well and encouraged. By, and I think that it's really critical to avoid failure because failure will happen no matter what you do um, unless you're just extremely, extremely fortunate. But it's people, failure will happen on, somewhere on their journey. But having a mentor can help, um, you know, lighten that fall a little bit and also give different perspective. And when days are like you're that, you know, take the island and, and make you feel like you're surrounded by people that support you and help you. So I, I think finding board is critical. Uh, I would say that with, with social media and with LinkedIn and uh, I, anyone pay for a mentor I think that finding somebody who, uh, compensation is really dealing places for business coaches and life coaches for specific skills and those things, but your mentor really shouldn't require or request compensation. So yeah, mentor, absolutely the most important thing, somebody who is um, an entrepreneur thing about it is, is it's just one. So if you're this visionary who's just thinking crazy things all the time and always has a hundred ideas having a mentor that can balance that out and keep you grounded is just another benefit of of having a mentor yeah so where would you recommend or how would you say that people can find a mentor or two well difficult yeah i think that i think it can be difficult. It can feel a bit awkward. Um, I would recommend that people observe on LinkedIn what people are saying, what they're doing, how they're interacting. And if that to be the type of person to have a conversation with, then engage that. And just have, a, you know, a, and so... I love what you're saying on LinkedIn. I liked your article. I like the way you responded in this post. I, I appreciate your, your, you know, I'd um, use just a little bit of a couple tips if you have time. And then if that conversation is well, then more conversations just kind of naturally happen. And then at some point, you know, it's much more um, uh, firmed up when, when, when it shifts from, casual conversations I'd really appreciate you could be a tour and be part of my board of directors so but I think the first step is just find all that appear to be and then just have have a conversation just kind of a discovery to determine if that's the type of person that you want to work with and if you're that person they want to work with yeah yeah 
I mean, there's definitely a lot of people on LinkedIn that I've seen that even just watching their content is kind of like getting mentored. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not the same because it's not direct to you. But if mm-hmm. if you haven't got a mentor or you can't find a mentor at the moment, um, even just watching successful people's content can often give you tips and advice that you mm-hmm. wouldn't have. I've seen a lot of it through people like Grant Cardone, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, those type mm-hmm. of people are always releasing tips and tricks and advice um, on their social media platforms. And I find that really, really useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree doing things that you aspire to do, whether that's Gary or other people. Tim Ferriss, other people that uh, put out a lot of content that is that is interesting. I think that's really good to tune into and to consume. I think finding people who are interesting on LinkedIn that that could be a, a Mark Metry, for example, or other you can just tell are coming from a, a good place and who are honest and or doing things well, that's the type of person that, you know, that you great to engage with. The other thing that you'll find is that people who are at that level or in that capacity where they're in a place to help other people often are surrounded by other people of that same People who are successful journey are often surrounded of similar caliber. So if, if you engage with one person who looks to be a good mentor, even ask that person if they know somebody to uh, to maybe help would be another way to pursue. So then just asking for references for other people that, uh, that you could, you could tap into to learn from uh, people in their neck. So, yeah, I think, I think just being active and engaging with people, um, you know, right people um you know you'll find people that are willing to help you the other thing i would say is that if you're putting your own content out there and you're asking for help will be attracted to that and they'll ask you how they can help the video that goes out they say, guys this is what i'm working on um i'd love to have feedback or or uh because I'm, it's not perfect, but I'm working on getting there. So if anybody has any help or suggestions, you know, please send me a message. Yeah. Well, I definitely, uh, people. I definitely think you need to be willing to ask a question. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just to round it off, um, Number one, what would you say is the biggest piece of advice that you would tell people to do if you were to start all over again? Wow. I think finding a mentor. That's that's it. Find mentors. Yeah. Well, that's that that's great. Um and finally <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> It's that simple. Just find a mentor. 
that's it. Yeah, that's it. The rest just fall in place. Just do that. No, I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's finding the right mentors who will call your baby positive, uh, come from a good place, but will also be open and honest. I think finding those kinds of people and surrounding yourself. But the other important thing, I'll, you know, in, in the book, I talk about it quite a bit, which is uh, understanding what your vision is. So, um, identify your vision is and, and what your future looks like. What do you really want it to look like? And then aligning your activities as often as possible with provision is and what your long-term goals are. So it's, it's not just um, finding mentors, which is obviously important, but the other, the other piece I think that's important that's often overlooked is really trading time to identify and under where, where are you going and share that with your mentor share that with other people and make that vision at your forefront what what is it that i want to accomplish and then each day when you're creating your to-do list or your your schedule your diary then it's it's important that as possible as much to your time and with with your vision that's that's the key. You just need to keep moving forward each day, and whether that's improving skills, whether that's building your brand, creating content, whatever that thing is, it needs to be a discipline, and it needs to be uh, aligned with with your vision. So it does work. You have to put the work in, uh, and understand that it's not something entrepreneurship is not something you can take it from it's something that you need to work on it you need to race and it's something that um you know you you need to really understand what that is for you because are all a little bit different so it's understanding what type of entrepreneur you are what your vision is and and really being disciplined about moving forward every day so that your activities align with your vision yeah i think definitely finding like-minded people and getting all those people around mm-hmm. is definitely something that i've been working on over the past six months and it's definitely helped me along my way too and i'm still at the beginning <laughs> mm-hmm. Boy. And, yeah uh, and finally where can people find you uh so I, my website is grab a cloud. So G R A B A C L O U D grab a cloud.com. Uh, obviously on LinkedIn, uh, you can use hashtag live 20 L I V E the number 20 live 20, uh, on Amazon, uh, Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. Um, and if anybody listening wants a, a ebook copy, um, they can send me a message on LinkedIn let me know that they heard this podcast and I'll be happy to send a free copy of the book. So LinkedIn, um, you can find me through you, Gareth, probably find me or if you want to link my LinkedIn, but it's, uh, so Williams, obviously, uh, if you use hashtag live 20, you'll find me. Um, but yeah, the handsome bald guy on LinkedIn, that's me. That's great. <laughs> and and of course, I, w- I will tag all of that below for you guys to find. Cool. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Building from the Bottom podcast. 
and I'll see you all again next Sunday at 6 p.m. GMT. Thanks for listening.